0: Hey, yo. Say hello to the background. Scott Hall. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. Hi, this is Booker T, the five-time WCW champion. And you're listening to SNS Radio Network. Yo, monkeys, it's me, PPP. The king of that of being the master of the diamond cutter, the three times, three times, three times world champion. Stay tuned or you will feel. Play. Hey, you listen on the SMS network, and that's the bottom line. The no-go-destro. The world is listening. whole indie show, your dedicated home for all things indie in the world of professional wrestling, and sports, and entertainment. What I say, I mean what I mean, I say, and they become anthems. I told you, if you let me out of my cage, I am going to pile a bodies from the sky. They just gave me a live mic on pay-per-view. If y'all don't mind, I'd like to get a few things off my chest. My name is Kevin Sneed. And fuck Ring of Honor! Fuck you, you're wrong. Fuck you, we're right. Because you have all made it to the dance. Because believe me, this is the dance. With your hosts, Ashley is my name. <laughs> you ripped out my heart. You took everything I believed in and you flushed it down the damn toilet. You flushed my heart. You flushed my soul. And now it sickens me to sit back and see other people making the same mistake. And the Sun City savior, Randy McWilliams. There are so many amendments in the Constitution of the United States of America. What up? bleed fierce. Uh, one, two, three, four, fierce.
1: And welcome, welcome, one and all, to another episode of the Whole Indie Show, the first of 2013. Unless you listened to the last episode in 2013. Okay, I'm just making things more complicated. Yes, Ashley's here once again. Uh, I decided to give Randy the night off because, to be quite honest, we wanted to give you guys a bit of a rest. Because you just listened to basically four hours of us randomly talking about anything and everything with Ring of Honor. So I thought, this time, a little bit of a shorter show. Just run through some of the big news of the week. Some of the results that happened over the Christmas New Year period. And we will start ahead, start as we ever do, with the news and interesting little stories this week regarding a few little tidbits from TNA which is interesting to bring up. Now, you probably heard last week it was mentioned on Wrestling News Live and all the Christmas craptacular of Wrestling News of WNL and also I think it was mentioned TNA Chat Live on how TNA was losing a TV deal that they had in Germany, Austria and Switzerland but a few more details have come out this week Uh, word is that TNA provided all their programming to Sky in Germany for free with the hope that it would expose the product in the European markets that WWE's done well in from this TNA would work with Sky Deutschland on pay-per-view events to make money on the deal and the hope was that it would lead to strong attendance at live events held in the region. But, as it turned out, the pay-per-view events only got a few hundred buys and, as has been reported many times on the network here, live events have been cancelled or had very low attendance and just failed. Uh, TNA made the call to let the contract expire and were hoping to shop the programming to another provider in those countries uh, the interesting thing here with Sky is it says they're been described as being not happy with the deal and actually looked at TNA as a low-rated television show with no upside. is a bit damning. But that is the negative side. But positive is something that I never thought would happen. Remember how I talked about Silver Vision, who distributed the WWE DVDs? for the UK and Europe. Well, they are legally allowed to do so until the middle of 2013 when their contract expires fully. And, turns out, they've now done a deal with TNA to be their official DVD distributor in the UK and Europe, which I think is a brilliant move for TNA because, one, it means their releases no matter how far they go in the archives if they choose to are going to have a lot wider reach because Silver Vision as a a company has about considering their first video was like 88 or 89 it's got over about 20 years of experience at providing providing the wrestling programming and pay-per-views and everything people want so if they can get the rights to possibly re-release some of the other dvds they did like the kurt angle and the jeff jarrett and the sting ones over in europe rather than being uh region zero format and be region two i think a lot more people will be like oh i really want to get that because if you go to the tna website and try and get them they do have, it's not very clear whether they're region 1 or region 0. So you have to manually scroll them through, but good on TNA, I will say that. No doubt Bronx will mention it because I'll probably uh, send them a message regarding this uh, on TNA Chat Live, which is past in the future, but hey, come on. Days of future past, separate timelines. Which I will get to next week. Because something brilliant happened this week. We're going to that. Anyway. We're moving on to the indie stuff. Uh, Something I will mention this weekend. That is going down this Saturday night. um, One of my friends. uh, Is. Works for GCW. Gulf Coast Wrestling in the Louisiana area. And they've got a show this weekend, the Fight for Cancer event, which is a charity show. I guess raising money for one of the numerous cancer charities that there are out there. Rodney Mack and Jazz, who train in the area, will be there. And another event which isn't a charity show that they're going to be doing on the 25th of January will be featuring Hacksaw, Jim Duggan. So if you're in the Louisiana area, make sure you go check out... Uh, GCW. Yes, I did a cheap plug, but I might as well be more courteous. That I guess that's my New Year's resolution, which I'm about to break in about four seconds or something. But anyway, there you go. Go and check them out. Next up we've got some news for pay-per-view buys and everything. CGW's Cage of Death apparently got a thousand buys online for the iPay-per-view side of things. Yeah. And then for Ring of Honor's final battle, due to a price increase in tickets, it is the highest grossing pay per view that they've put on with apparently 1,400. I don't know whether that's tickets for the pay per view or tickets for the event live in the arena. I'm not sure, but it did well for them. And as we mentioned in last week's show, the plan is to do quite a few uh, iPay-per-views for the major events but also cover some of the little events on iPay-per-view as well which is an interesting move, also they said they wanted to try and make their TV quality uh, HD which I don't even know if any of the channels were Sinclair Broadcasting Network are HD, probably because it's ABC and all those kind of my network TV and all those kind of affiliates that they're attached to so um, we'll have to wait and see what happens there the TNA gut check seems to be pushing for a lot of indie talents and two of which that are being rumored as being involved are Jay Bradley former the WWE who actually did appear on last weekend's Extreme Rising card, which I'll get to in the second segment. And we also... Another rumour going around is that Brian Cage has got the call to possibly make an appearance and hopefully get his chance to go full-time on the TNA roster, which kind of is the... I'm trying to think, because hopefully they can have good matches because quite a lot of the gut check matches have been pretty poor to be quite honest with you. But, which is nothing against some of the talents others of the talents that were absolutely atrocious certainly didn't deserve to go in I can't even remember their names off the top of my head, they were that bad but interesting interesting indie prospects for TNA gut check certainly coming up Another story is that Ric Flair is apparently heading for Japan. Which is a bit worrying. But apparently it's all in good faith he's going to be appearing on the All Japan show that they're going to be doing on January 26th because his son is going to be wrestling on that card. What makes me think they're going to try and make him wrestle and then he'll just he'll be prompted to wrestle he'll take off his jacket flail it around and then go absolutely crazy, just worrying. The other little story that I wanted to bring up as well was the Tommy Dreamer House of Hardcore thing because there was a little column on uh, one of the sites, I think it was, just have a quick look at my, the notes here, it was the com, and he talked about this, about his House of Hardcore event. And regards to what happened with his event. Uh, Quote, To run a wrestling event, you need advertising, which costs money. I ran commercials during Raw and Smackdown, as well as on radio. In all, promoting the show cost me about $5,000. I also had to choose whether I wanted to do an iPay-per-view, or put the show on DVD, or both. I chose to do just the DVD, which was made available a month after the show. The iPay-per-view costs around $1500 while the DVD post-production costs were about 1000 You can see how the costs ca- climbed long before even one ticket was sold. The DVD was released and I consider it mildly successful having sold about 400 units. I was then alerted to a website where it could be downloaded illegally and saw that my show was viewed more than 600 times, which ripped my heart out and made me very angry. This was just on one website. I know this is a huge problem, not just for me, but worldwide. I'm fairly easygoing. I don't mind clips on YouTube, but quick math tells me that 600 times $20 is $12,000. Well, that's money that could have been used for future shows, advertising, or other budgetary things. I'm just a small-time promotion. I can only imagine the mass pirating that WWE must deal with. Because of all of this, I probably will not make House of Hardcore 2 available in any format and just go old school. To cut costs and make it a must-see live-only event. If you're not there, you'll miss out. Which is an interesting point because we talked about internet wrestle, you know, the internet and, or well, certainly piracy and everything in a big discussion that round round table style discussion that uh, myself and Randy had. I'm not sure whether... Sandra might have been on it. I think he was, but. It's just... I don't know. It's it, it, He's got a point. Because for him, that is lost revenue. I don't know if the 12,000 is a fair figure. If people were going to get... you know, If 600 people were going to get the DVD that didn't. I don't know. But he has lost some sort of revenue. And the costs... Yeah, the costs are pretty high. The obviously he promoted in the places where he knew that people would watch and people in the local area would be interested. So Yeah, I kind of see his argument. As as much as I admit that I I do watch I have to watch, basically, streams of Live Impact... Because it's not put on live in the UK. And Raw, because I don't have the... You know... Capabilities of watching it on TV live... Because I don't have the right service. But with the indie stuff, I always try... And... If certainly... Certainly if they've got a live event on, I always try and catch it if I am able to, and pay for it. Like the upcoming National Pro Wrestling Day, which I'll get to in a minute, I will will no doubt pay for both the afternoon and the evening card for that, and watch it and enjoy it. I won't try and get an illegal stream of it. These guys are obviously nowhere near the scale of a WWE or even a TNA or even a ring of honor to be that blunt. Mm -hmm. So they deserve every cent. They deserve every bit of my money. So good good on Tommy. It's a a ballsy thing to do, but until there's enough interest and until he feels happy that He can deal with piracy involved with his shows, which I don't think he will because it is, you know, when your product gets taken and then gets absolutely taken apart by the internet, you know, watch this here rather than paying for it. It is going to be personal to you. So, yeah, that's just my take on it. Hopefully we'll see if any shows involving Dreamer. Do come out over the coming year, obviously the house fog or two won 't, but in the future, who knows now, speaking of National pro Wrestling Day, a few other matches have now been added to the card well actually it 's only, it's only one since we last uh, since we were last on, and that is three of the four people. For the first of the two, Rey de Voladores. Again, I can't. I can't remember how to pronounce it, so I probably just screwed up there. They're announcing it over this week, and as of recording, the first match is going to feature Oliver Grimsley, JoJo Bravo, and tucor Scorpio, and the fourth person is going to be somebody from the AAW promotion. The second match in the tournament has yet to be revealed any of the participants in that but the winners of both the matches will go on to the final and face against each other to see who is crowned champion apparently other people that have been champion in previous chuck taylor won it um I know Chuck Taylor won it. There was a fair as a few other people that have won it as well. So it certainly looks interesting. We shall wait and see who gets added to that. No doubt, we'll give you more updates next week. A few other matches that have also been added as well to the well. The first match has been added for the new season of uh, the new season of Shikara, season twelve which there is a clip associated with it, but I'll play it next week because it will probably tie into what we'll talk about next week. And Archibald Peck has apparently been reinstated despite being, you know, thrown out in June. And his first match is going to be against the guy that wronged him, Mr. Touchdown, Arcangelo Setti. So that's going to be very interesting. February the eighth, no. February the I'm trying to think going in my calendar, something probably like eleventh or twelfth. I think it is. I'm not sure. It might be. It's, it's certainly the first week in February, so it's. I think it, it's eighth or ninth. I'm not sure off the top of my head, but you can check uh, shikara dot com to get all the details on that. Because that's, yeah, it, that's a nice match to see because uh, I I rate Archibald Peck slash R.D. Evans slash Mysterious and Handsome Stranger slash Mixed Martial Archie. I think he's a decent talent. I expect to see a lot of him in the years to come, wherever he may go, if he doesn't stay with Shikara. He's got potential. Uh, CCW's also got... A show coming up uh, next weekend, January the 12th, so I guess we'll do picks for it next week at some point during uh, next week's show, myself and Randy. By the way, if you're wondering where Randy is, I get, you know, if I didn't make it clear already, I've given him the night off because this show is only going to go about an hour, an hour and 20, because you've already had too much of us <laughs> already, so... I thought, I'd l- I thought I'd go easy on you people. Anyway. Yeah, the CCW Ascension show. The sh- uh, co- matches on the card so far. We've got Chris Brook from Fight Club Pro challenging Chain Hollister. The KOA, Sugar Dunkerton and Aaron Epic, taking on the front, which is Biff, Busick and Nicholas K, in a Beyond Wrestling Showcase tag team bout. Then there's also going to be a special WSU attraction match, which I guess is to promote the double-header show that they're going to be doing next month. I think it's in February, or certainly one of the shows coming in the next month or two, anyway. Which is going to see Jesse Brooks taking on a Zaval Suena. Or I might have butchered that name. We'll find out next week when Randy tells me correctly. Then Alex Colon taking on Shane Strickland, the Jeff Peterson Memorial Cup winner. or Sorry, Jeff Peterson Memorial Cup participant. That hasn't happened yet. I take that back. Uh, AR Fox will defend his Wired TV title against Lucky 13, who's one third of the current tag team champions. You've got two belts, how can you have three champions? I guess we're doing the bird rule. I don't know. Then Danny Havoc and Devon Moore will defend their titles... ...against two members of the campaign for a better combat zone. I don't know. How many of them aren't injured? I don't know. Uh, And then, by the looks of it, the main event is going to be Masada... ...not even issuing an open challenge. Because after what happened... At the Cage of Death show. He wants Joe Gacy. One on one for attacking him. So expect to see Christina Von Eerie. Interfering in that. So that's. I think. Just going through. Oh something else to do with the National Pro Wrestling Day. I forgot to mention. Which I'll just mention here. Uh, They've got a sponsor. And that is. Phil Singer Games. The people that do the card games. They did a card game for Ring of Honor in Shikara a few years back. They are going they are going to be one of the sponsors for the National Pro Wrestling Day event. Which is good publicity for them and it's good for the day itself to get a a decent and well known sponsor. So good on the people behind National Pro Wrestling Day and Phil Singer Games. But with that, uh, we're going to take our only break of uh, this show. Yes, I've even dropped the segment. I've even dropped a final segment. So in what is, I guess, the final segment, segment two, uh, just going to go and run through some of the results from the big shows that happened over the Christmas New Year period. So you've got Shane Douglas's Extreme Rising, I know I've mentioned about the championship, but I'll go through the card in uh I'll go through the card as well fully rather than just mention bits here and there and wrestling is fun also had their event december twenty ninth and also a a w had a special show over the Christmas period, so with that. We'll take a quick break and we'll see you for more whole indie show right here on the SNS Radio Network.
0: Does listening to Wrestling News Live make you a smarter, more knowledgeable wrestling fan? Would the trade dog drink Velvet Skies bathwater? <sighs> well, hello there, Velvet. baby listening to wrestling news live does make you a smarter more knowledgeable wrestling fan although it will not save you any money on your car insurance let's go to our ring announcer wrestling fans your ring announcer here sean beckerman and i'm proud to present to you The Pro Wrestling Nostalgia Podcast that's taking the IWC by storm beyond the bell. On each edition, we cover a different theme, taking you back in time to relive the greatest and worst in professional wrestling. We go behind the mic, where you will get backstage stories from the perspective of a pro wrestling ring announcer on the independent circuit. Find out what it was like to announce some of the greatest stars in pro wrestling history and the funny stories behind the scenes. And we wrap it all up with old school wrestling music. So tune in to Beyond the Bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network and I'll see you at the matches. It's go time! Every Thursday, the SNS Radio Network gets in the ring and starts running the ropes. When I, I okay, I, I caught SmackDown again. I caught Sh- I skipped Sheffield's gimmick, and I couldn't help but to think that his new gimmick sounds like an Arby's uh, roast beef sandwich. Join Brian Maverick Bertrand and Chris Kelly from HeadlockSandlines dot as they talk about every random thing going on within the WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, and the NorCal scene. Running the Ropes also features interviews with stars from the past. It's me, it's me, it's the D.O.G. the road dog, Jesse James. Present. What's going on? This is Kazarian. And this is the fallen angel, Christopher Daniels. And Future. Hey guys, it's Dream of the And so much more. So join the guys every week on Running the Ropes right here. On the SNS Radio Network. Hey, wrestling fans! Do you want a break from the day-to-day ins and outs of the WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor? Do you like talk radio that pulls no punches? And do you like your sci-fi and fantasy? Well, tune in to the Elite Force Podcast each and every midweek with Chuck W. And each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SMS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. Are you a TNA Impact Wrestling fan? Are you looking for a show that talks about TNA Wrestling? Then tune in to TNA Chat Live every Thursday night, starting at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, On the SNS Radio Network with the Bronx father, Tony J. Mirabella, as he reviews the latest episode of Impact Wrestling and takes your phone calls to get your thoughts on the state of TNA wrestling. Are you ready to cross that line? On the SNS Radio Network. And if you don't like that, sorry about your damn luck. What's up, guys and gals? Sensational sequel, Sensational Sean, right here with you. You can catch myself and Ashley, yes, that is his name, on the Open Book every Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. You'll catch us doing video games, the Open Book, fantasy, eFet, and movie and entertainment news. So check us out every Friday at 11 p.m. Eastern Time at SNSRadioNetwork.com. Come check us out. You can't stop me in this old Versace. Oh, Versace Nigga watch me in the streets
1: like it's roller hockey Your bitches floppy, giving sloppy Why she called me poppy Taking the doggies right to the face Like she Kobayashi You niggas flow is washing I'm getting mine
0: dry clean Tight seam, it might seem I'm selling bitches fight And welcome with back beans. to the,
1: bag the, the final bag part things, my night This is weird, but anyway The final part of the whole indie show With Ashley running solo this week Mainly because as it's not a full show, but I wanted to put something out there so you guys are up to date with the indie news and the indie results, certainly. I thought I'd put this together. Next week, we're going to have the start of what I kind of... I don't know if I mentioned it on the last show because I can't remember back then, but hopefully looking towards the the last year. Looking towards, looking back. Okay, but I'm going to basically, over the next few weeks, going to be looking at each promotion in particular, some of the best bits, some of the worst bits. Rather than doing a generic best and worst of the whole indies, it's fair to give the shows their own credit, so I think next week we'll focus on two of the big ones, which will probably be I don't know, but some of the ones will definitely be f- focusing on uh, Shikara, CCW, Ring of Honor, uh, Shimmer, Gate USA, Evolve, I'm trying to think, uh, all the other people off the top of my head, that me and Randy were running through, but certainly even even the stuff going on in Japan, and Japan and Mexico will probably cover as well. But now to go through some of the stuff from this well, this last weekend. Starting off with the AAW One Twisted Christmas show from Berwyn, Illinois. They opened with some the first round matches in the Heritage Title tournament. Uh, the reason why this tournament is being done is because uh, Michael Elgin, the heavyweight champion, also holds the heritage belt. And due to the fact that he couldn't defend the heritage belt, they vacated it and set up a eight-man tournament to see who will be the next champion. And this one trusted Christmas show had the first round of it, which saw Lamar Titan defeat Marion Fontaine using a chain for assistance in his victory. Jay Miller defeated Dan Lawrence via a double knee to the midsection. Samurai Del Sol defeated CJ Esparza. and Louis Linden, or Louis Linden, I'm not sure, defeated Tweek Phoenix. So... Lamar, Miller, Samurai del Sol, and Linden go on to the semifinals, which I guess will be at the next AAW show. Also on the card, Shane Hollister defeated Colt Cabana with the assistance of a lot of interference. The tag titles were on the line, and the Irish Airborne took on Davey Richards and Kylo Royale. The match went for uh, the full 30 minutes of its time limit, so... The Irish Airborne retain, Because the match went to a draw. So there, no doubt, that was a very good match, considering it went to the full limit, and all four talents are pretty damn good. So, have to see if I can uh, get to see that somehow. I'll probably check it out where I can, if well, when I can, because. I'm getting a bit busy at this end as well, even away from Holendy. But I'll I'll, I'll I'll stay true to the cause and try and get here every week and give you guys all the lowdown and everything. Then the fans bring the weapons match. Uh, Mischief winning by submission after sending a bowling ball to the gr- a bowling ball to the groin of Danny Daniels. I wonder whether they got inspiration from John Cena and Alberto Del Rio. Who knows? <laughs> we then had Keith Water, Keith Walker, sorry, defeating Trip Cassidy and Dale Patrick's. Then Ryan Boz made a return during the Lind- the, 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 the the Lyndon Phoenix match. So apparently those matches didn't happen like right back to back. They happened throughout the night. It's just they're listed on the results sheet I've got here first. But Ryan, Boz made a return and after Lyndon was attacked and stared down, apparently, Keith Walker. Then there was a brawl between Jimmy Jacobs and Eric Cannon. Then the Irish Airborne came in and piled drove Cannon. So this wasn't even a match. It was apparently the guys who were teammates that have now completely split up, which is interesting. And then the final match was going to be, I believe, a one-on-one match between Callahan and Elgin, but then became a three-way elimination with Shane Hollister getting involved as well. Uh, started the first elimination came with Callahan powerbombed Hollister. Now clearly the crowd didn't hear that or didn't know it was an elimination match because then they went absolutely crazy because they thought Callahan had won the title then when they didn't they were booing like crazy but I guess that was probably something I was heard. I don't know but Elgin managed to retain his title by hitting back to back power bombs to keep the AAW title and hey the crowd should be happy I don't know they just got pissed because they didn't understand something or it wasn't communicated to them I don't know Wrestling is fun. They had a show that same night, December 29th, in Allentown, uh, Pennsylvania. Apparently the show was supposed to be on iPay-Per-View, but was unable to be provided due to travel, apparently. So it will be up on video on demand, and it doesn't seem to be clear, but it seems it might be free to those who ordered it who got a refund for the show not actually being an iPay per whether it will be free to everyone or just free to those people that paid the $5 um, I'll have to check and give you an update next week but they started off with Kodama and Kobold defeating Lost Ice Creams when Kobold pinned Ice Cream Junior after the Demon's Toilet then the submission specialist defeated Sigma by a test of strength. I think that was Green Ant, was it? I'm not sure. I don't think it was the submission specialist on the card. I'm not. Anyway. Uh, Oleg the Usurper defeated Jolly Roger. Queer Eye for the pirate guy. Oh, no, that's not yet. Uh, Night Guy for the pirate eye, I think it is. I can't remember. But all I know is that was actually a pretty cool tag team that I would like to see more of in Chicago. after seeing them on King of Trios. Uh, Oberian defeated Gervais Cottonbelly. So Cottonbelly losing again, so he seems to need to work on some of his stuff. Then Juan Francisco de Coronado beat Lance Steele via the Coronado Clutch. So, Del Rio wins again. Which I know it isn't Del Rio, but it does seem very similar to it. Except, it's because he had a losing run, and ever since he became this, like, aristocrat guy, he's suddenly gone on a winning run. I don't know. But, we also had Dasher Hatfield defeat Assailant via the Suicide Screes. Then, very, probably was a very interesting tank match. The Devastation Corporation defeating... Spectral Envoy comprising Hallowicked and Frightmare. I guess it's Spectral Envoy. That that probably was a good match. Then we had an announcement that they would be having a show on January the 26th. Again at Allentown. Which I think is the night before the Royal Rumble. Yeah, because that's January the 27th. uh, Saturine was in the next match and got a very big upset by defeating Yaka who is yeah that's certainly a big upset because Yaka is a big physical guy and Saturine's pretty much the opposite she's a high flying girl who's very petite but from what I've from what I've heard about this match it's a it's a good match. Saturday and getting the upset leaves a bit of mystery as to, I guess, what happens with Iaka. It's, I think he had an unbeaten run and now his first loss, so we'll see. And then, with the banana being on the line, for the banana championship that is, Marcangelo Setti managed to retain by defeating Fire Ant with the Flea Fucker. The flea flicker, I should say. In case you thought I said something else, the flea flicker. God, you sick people out there. I'm not looking at anybody in particular. Yet. And then finally, the show, which certainly I noticed that there was a post on the SNS Facebook page, people discussing the belt. Whether they liked it or hated it, for my per, myself personally, I am neither for nor against it. It's it's a belt, and the title needs a belt. I'm not entirely happy about the design because it doesn't seem like something that a world championship should be. Because that's what the that's the equivalent of what it is—the world championship for the Extreme Rising promotion. But it's it's got its charms. At least it doesn't look like, you know, the stupid tag team Spartan belts or Jeff Hardy's I've Got a Face Painted belt. Ha ha ha, look at me, I spent money on this. It looks like an old style belt that uh, Indie Federation would have back in the day. It wouldn't be anything that was... Hugely expensive or anything, but something that looked looked respectable, and that's what it does. So that, that's my two cents on it for all you people that, if you did want my opinion on it, then we well we'll get to the card now. Matramont and Brian XL defeated Azrio and Bandido Junior, and also the team of Alex Reynolds and John Silver, which then led to Balls Mahoney and Blue Meanie. So Blue Team Blue Balls challenge him to a match later on in the night. Then the first semi-final match. Stevie Richards beating Luke Hawks by submission. It's worth noting that Matt Hardy tried to attack Hawks post-match in the crowd, but was pulled away by security. But Hardy, yeah, Hardy was in the match later on in the night. And then... In the other semi-final, Rhino beat Devon Storm with a gore to advance onto the final, the main event of the evening. Then, uh, due to the development that came up with New Jack not being able to appear, basically what happened is the gangsters were scheduled to face Blackout or in the Steel Cage match, which they had been advertising for a month or so. But Jack injured his ankle at their last eye pay-per-view in Pittsburgh and openly announced that he needed surgery and wasn't happy with the promotion for not fronting the money needed. As soon as that happened, the company pulled him from the show feeling that they couldn't put him in the ring after they announced he was hurt. When New Jack heard this, he was absolutely pissed and got angry on Twitter and everything, which isn't a surprise. But in the end all sides came to an agreement which I will get him I will mention when we get to that actual match. But then we had Facade beating Jay Bradley so he went out with a losing effort. Will we see him on TNA for open fight night? Or for the gut check? Which I'm guessing is this weekend? Or has just happened? Because if it isn't I guess it would be interesting if they do one on the British tour in February. Well, anyway. I'll have to wait and see. Then Brian XL and Matt Ramon Matt Raymond, sorry, uh, did defeat the team of Balls Mahoney and Blue Manie. So a nice result for them. Then Papadon defeated Little Guido. And then, oh, this was probably a very good match. Jerry Lynn defeating homicide, getting a win. And one with a pile driver. And I think after this as well somebody else came in and I don't think they gave him like a plaque like Ring of Honor did, but they gave him some sort of uh trophy or something like that to respect him for all his time because I think that is his what was billed as being his last match in Philadelphia so where he goes next we shall see then the 2 out of 3 falls lucha match with El de El Hijo de Real Mysterio so basically the one that isn't Rey Mysterio but has taken over the moniker of Rey Mysterio for I think it's triple A uh, he took on bestias six 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 and our hero de Rey Mysterio won two fours to one and Sandro sorry if i'm butchering the uh, Mexican pronunciations but apparently I have been drinking too much coca cola to even understand it now I need to drink more tequila if I wanted to get round all those rounded mouth sounds Yeehaw. Sorry. Sounds like some weird like sound check now for a Ricky Martin concert. Anyway. Now the Steel Cage match was up next and Blackout were scheduled to be facing the gangsters, as I mentioned. But that never happened. What happened instead is they booked him, They booked New Jack in to do a run-in, get her, and then be taken out. In the midst of this, uh, Mustafa, who gets flown in from Vegas, because that's where he lives now, he was, his trip was cancelled, so it was too late to get him back on the show, because they'd already said that the gangsters wouldn't be appearing. So instead, Thomas Rodman apparently dressed up and impersonated Mustafa, wearing a black hoodie which, according to some people that I saw results from, they never noticed it was not the right person. Security grabbed him as he left the dressing room, and most of the crowd was none the wiser. Then, it's also worth mentioning that uh, the promotion then booked the Maximos to work as Los Dramaticos under masks, apparently. And then they also booked the Briscoes with Ring of Honor's blessing. The Briscoes, and the clever thing about this is the Briscoes weren't in the dressing room and were hidden in the office, apparently, near the front of the venue all night, but actually missed their music cue because they couldn't hear the song. The crowd was happy to see them, though. I, from what I saw from live reports, there was a huge pop for, the, for when their music got played. But due to the contract that they have with Ring of Honor with no appearances... Uh, on any other promotion the match couldn't be broadcast on the iPay-Per-View but this is the interesting thing there was talk about releasing it for free online whether that's going to happen soon god I hope so because <laughs> that would just be brilliant because it's the Briscoes on an ECW well Extreme Rising show That's brilliant There was also an interesting little promo as well with Raven next. Basically burying the promotion and saying that he'll win the belt and disgrace it and uh, basically make the company just a bunch of shit and everything. This is another interesting point. Raven was apparently also very vocal backstage about too many people being allowed in the back to visit and at one point complained about Blue Meanie's guest being there so they're going to lock down the backstage area for future shows so very minimal people they will also be well the 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 penultimate match was Matt Hardy beating Sabu after a botched table spot and run-ins probably from Luke Hawks and Rhino, or Devon Storm, or somebody who doesn't like Sabu anyway, but... Uh, interesting win for Matt Hardy there. Two big wins in the space of about two weeks for him in both Ring of Honor and Extreme Rising. we we'll have to see what happens. I think I believe their next show... I'm just having a quick look down here. Yeah, Their next show will be happening in April. And... Apparently, Super Crazy and Damien 666 will debut on that weekend as well. Just seeing. Uh, yeah, apparently, St- Steve Mack was supposed to be in, but Matt Tramont was a last-minute substitute who had car trouble. Uh, just, I think that's all. And then the final match. Stevie Richards beats Rhino by submission. I think it was the I think it was the figure four. Was the sharpshooter? I'm not sure whether it was the figure four or the sharpshooter, but he won by submission anyway to become the very first champion, and he was ecstatic. And he said, "For 15 years, I've always said I'll show you. You'll see." And tonight that came true. Which was a nice little bit, and yeah, Stevie deserves some recognition for all that he's done. Even if people didn't like the theme music of Writer Censor. That was a pretty decent role that he played on there. And of course his time in ECW. Okay, his time as Dr. Stevie was a bit odd. But that match he had with Abyss was was not too bad. Although the taser was a bit strange. But anyway, I enjoyed it. But we... Uh, certainly looks like it looks interesting time should I say for Extreme Rising I know we've been critical of his stuff before certainly the first show it wasn't that great due to talents being missing for various reasons and some talents being there but in being no fit state to compete anyway so I guess after a few shows they've ironed some of the problems out and Hopefully the show can uh, c- go on in this form and have a decent card. I'm in- I'm intrigued to see it just because of the uh, the Matt Hardy Sabu match, which probably could have been good. Certainly the Jerry Lynn Homicide one, and yeah, Stevie Richardson in the title. It's a, n- a nice thing. You know, finally he gets it, whereas other people probably didn't deserve it. Probably, I don't know, but anyway that's Extreme Rising and that is all for this week's show yes, we're probably ending way shorter than you think here we were, but hey you can go listen to our show again or go listen to all the other shows here on the network, you've got Wrestling News Live every Tuesday at 9 Eastern with JJ and Bronx, and I believe for this week's 2013 season debut, Trey Dog will be back. And it looks like they've got scheduled an interview with John Morrison. So Jomo and WNL. Very much looking forward to that one, certainly. Then you've got Thursday, you've got TNA Chat Live with Bronx at Eastern, straight after the Impact post-show. Trying to think. Running the Ropes isn't live this week, but will be going live, I think. Or this past week, should I say, but will be going live next week, and I believe they've scheduled an interview with Tara. Which, also, that, that should be an interesting interview. Then, Friday, You've got the Open Book with Sean and myself at uh, 11 Eastern. And then podcast-wise, is currently on hiatus for a bit, but catch all the previous shows if you haven't already. You've got Beyond the Bell with Sean Beckerman. You have uh, the Elite Force podcast, both the midweek edition With Chuck W. And the weekend edition with Walkie and Mindwipe. And I think the only other show is us. I don't think I've... There's so many shows on this network, it really is starting to... This is the first time when I've kind of gone on on a blank. For any shows I haven't mentioned. But I think think that's everything covered. If I haven't, I apologise. And if I want I should make you show up or something. And then it might happen in about seven months. But it certainly won't be involving me. It'll involve someone else. But We'll see. But tonight we're leaving you Song of the Night. Considering we gave our picks last week for the... This weekend's uh, New Japan show. I thought I'd go for a Japanese piece of music. Well, not Japanese. It's complicated. It's Mil Mascaras' theme, I believe, from All Japan Pro Wrestling back in the 80s, which is Sky High, the theatrical version by Jigsaw, who's a British group that got released in the mid-70s for a film called... which. Actually, it's kind of crazy. A film called The Man... Oh, I can't remember. I'm gonna... <laughs> the, some Austra- the Man from Hong Kong, I think it's called. Which uh, was a Hong Kong-Australian co-production martial arts movie. Which featured George Lazenby. And yes, for all you movie nerds, that was probably one of the only things he did apart from Bond. <laughs> Um, So, yeah, it's a a nice, grandiose-style piece of music that you'll probably hear some of the Japanese talents enter to, so I thought we'd finish with that, finish with a flourish. Next week, as I say, we're probably going to do quite a lot of review stuff regarding some of the indie promotions. It's it's going to be over the next two or three weeks, because obviously... We've got other things, other shows that are coming up. The CCW show, certainly. Uh, I think the DDT4 show from PWG is coming up this month as well. But, and then February's National Pro Wrestling Day. So I'm trying to fit it between now and then. These other shows co- showcasing the best of the indies. And what you should go and try and check out. So with that, this was Ashley, and that was your weekly dose of indie goodness. We'll see you next time. Good night.
0: So wrong.